Well, good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. My name is Dieter Randolph. And I am Jenny Randolph. (laughs) And we are back again for our series of discussions about the monthly workshop. Mm -hmm. It was a really good workshop last week. Well, you know, it's... Very, very good. uh, Thank you very much. I've gotten a lot of really good uh, feedback and comments about it, some questions, all kinds of things. And it does my heart good to hear that because as most of you know, the workshop that I did last week... Yeah, I was going to say, yay. It's a little advertising. I know. Hey, yes, we're advertising the heck out of this. You deserve it. You really do. You worked so hard on this book, and I am so proud of you about it. And if you haven't pre-ordered your copy, you can go to Amazon and and get it. Um, Yeah, you can. If you go to my website, waypastok.com, you can. There's a books page on my website, and it links to all of that. You can go to Amazon and search for Dieter Randolph. There's not too many of those. (laughs) You can search for Meaning Fulfilled. Notice that it's spelled with two L's. And you can find it that way. It's available right now in Kindle format. And if you pre-order the paperback, you'll get it on September September 1st. And so it's really, really exciting. And I think that everyone has some kind of an experience of working hard to create something. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you finally get to, you know, hold it in your hand or see it or, or, or eat it if, or whatever it is. You know, there's something wonderful about seeing mm-hmm. a project from idea all the way through. And if you know me, you do. Yes, if I you do. know me, um, you know that these ideas have been on my mind for a while. And you get to that place when you can't not write the thing. You can't not say the thing. You can't not play the song, dance to it. You can't not get up and stand up for something. There's something amazing that happens if you just engage. And I'm really, really happy with the way that this turned out. And I'm so grateful for all of the feedback I've gotten. Some people have already read the Kindle copy of it. And I've done a number of podcasts to promote the book. And some of those people have gotten advanced copies of the book and read it. And and it's just been so much fun to to be a part of this. These ideas that were very private, you know, because mm-hmm. I thought about them. And then we worked on it together out into the world. It's incredible. So thank you. Thank you in advance for pre-ordering the book. Thank you for everyone that's been reading the book. And even if you haven't read the book, if you just watched the workshop last week and saw me stand up and talk about some of the basic ideas in the Meaning Fulfilled concept, I'm really grateful for that level of participation too. We've got a lot to talk about, and I want to double down on that. You don't have to buy the book in order to participate in this workshop. Of course, I'd love for you to buy the book. Of course, you're going to get more out of it, but there's no uh, admission fee. You know what I mean? I I want to be real clear about that. But I do think that, you know, we can only cover so many topics in, in these sessions, and Usually the format, again, if you were around last month, the format is Dieter does a workshop. He does a lesson at the beginning of the month. And then we do the next three Sundays and we kind of break it down where the overall picture is right after that. And then what it means for you and then how you can live that out in the world. Those are the next three Sundays. And I I think that you're going to glean a lot out of these next three weekends, but the book really does make you think about things in a different way. It And again, we can only talk about so much within this hour's worth of time. Right. And we can only answer so many questions. So I know that you said that you don't have to buy the book. And obviously, <laughs> you know, you don't. Um, you will be talking about it. And if, this, if hearing us is just all you want, then that's fine. But 
I really encourage you to. I have read it through um, several times now. And it's one of those books where something pops out every time you read it. Like I find I underline stuff again every time I read it because, again, we're prepping for these for these sure. talks and these podcasts and, and everything like that. So I wanted to make sure I was well versed in the book. You know, you want to, you want to do that. Cause I didn't write it. You did, but it really is something that is powerful more than once. It's, it's one that you don't just read one time you go back and, and you find new things every single time. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. It means a yeah. lot. And, and that. I know but, that most people will say that I'm biased, but you know. <laughs> well, perhaps. I mean, but, come on. But honestly, we read a lot of books. We read a lot of books about church. We read a lot of books about Christianity. We read a lot of books about self-improvement. We read a lot of books about a lot of subjects. And, and there are those books that you can just go, Huh, that was a that was a sweet book and you and you pass it on to somebody else and then those are then those are the books that you kind of keep close to your heart and honestly without any reservation this is this is one that um that I'll go back to even even though you're my husband and <laughs> even though I love There's you no pressure and, to, and yeah. no but no, you, know, know. you know what I mean and I, yeah. I know people might think that I'm like I said I'm biased and then I can't but you know being in the ministry with you for 25 years, 26 years since you, you know, you've been ordained, we've been required to kind of make that boundary to where we have to work together. So our personal life well, gets And I gets need to separated. know, you know, if I'm working on a Sunday lesson or working on a book or a blog post mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and there's been a lot of whatever it is, is over the years, I need to know is this okay? Is this good? Right. What did I miss? And the thing is, I want to—I don't want to go ever go too long in these broadcasts without an educational moment. And so here's one of the educational moments. In my coaching program, I say, get yourself an editor. And that's not specific to writing, although the word editor would seem to indicate that. But what get I mean somebody is, in your life that get is... Get somebody that you can get honest yeah. feedback from. Mm-hmm. Someone who's invested in your success not in your ego. You know right. what I mean? And that's a really, really important difference. Sometimes in the early days of a relationship, you don't want to tell somebody that their cooking isn't good or they dress funny or they need a haircut. But then you need to get to the place where I need someone to tell me if I've got spinach in my teeth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Find someone like that in your life. Be that for somebody else. But find yourself an editor and you're going to grow because you're going to let them have permission to tell you the truth. Right. You know, that's huge. And, and so, I think yeah. once you get past the, you you have to put your feelings aside and, and it becomes, you know, it's it's not personal. This mm-hmm. is business. This is this is the truth. So there's a greater mission involved. I'm trying to ex- help people. Exactly. And do, and so do my part you, to change the world. I need to know. You right. Know? Put your ego aside and just hear, mm-hmm. which requires... Me to tell the truth, you to hear. But over the years, I think we've gotten really good at doing that for each other. And so, um, but I'm going to tell you the truth right now. We've rambled on for too long. We need to start and do the invocation. All right. Let's have our invocation prayer. God God is is and and I I am. I stand stand on holy ground. ground. Right Right here and right right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there there is freedom. freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. 
From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it is and so it does. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so as we get started with this, I want to tell you that the basic idea of the book is encapsulated in the title, and that's the way that it really ought to be, Meaning Fulfilled. And I write it like it's all one mm-hmm. word because, frankly, I thought it was cute. I thought it looked good that way, and I knew there wasn't anything It was else different. It. it was, you know, yeah. eye-catching. But yeah. more than that, I want you to think about the ways in which you can break that word down. There's meaning, and we're going to talk a lot about meaning in a moment. But right now, part of the first part of this Trinity idea is Find something where you have an experience of something bigger than yourself. That's a meaningful moment. So the the first job you have is to find something that connects you with something bigger than yourself. And when you connect that, you're going to start to let it fill you. Well, I wanna I wanna start out too, because you're such a stickler for about the definition of meaning, mm-hmm. and I don't want people to get confused because it's not. It's not what you think it is, right? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, you know, that's a really important point. Right. So so can you explain what you mean by meaning? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and that's totally valid because, you know, we have this idea of what's the meaning of life, you know, right. or what's the meaning of this, you know, someone yeah, comes in yeah. and, and that kind of a thing. And I want to be very, very clear that there is a distinction between meaning and a word like point or mm-hmm. aim mm-hmm. or goal. I don't mean meaning to be a synonym for what's the point. Because when you think about it, some of the most important, maybe all of the most important moments and experiences of your life were pointless. Love right. is pointless. You know, you want to get Darwinian here. Love is not the point. You know, mm-hmm. what is the point of a work of art? Right. You know, you're not using it to cover a hole in the wall, hopefully. What is the point of dancing? You know, there's no point in all of the things that that are the most significant things of your life. And so when I say meaning, I don't mean it to be interchangeable with point. I don't mean it to be interchangeable with aim or goal, because those talk about a distant thing. What's Mm -hmm. the aim? What's the goal? That's something far away. And meaning fulfilled is about a right here, right now kind of concept. So right away. Let's talk about meaning as something that is pointless mm-hmm. and is destinationless. It has to do with presence. And that's a big deal because when people say, oh, I get it. You know, they mean I get the point. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. That word speaks to possession. I get this thing. Yeah, I it's mine. It. I have it. This is not something that you can own physically, obviously. Right. It's not intellectual property. Yeah. You can't own it intellectually yeah. either. Yeah. It can't fit between your mm-hmm. ears. And I think that we sell ourselves short when we try to spend our time and life and energy and everything else only dealing with things that we can apprehend, that mm-hmm. we can get, that we can buy and sell and trade and quantify and, and express with an equation and own intellectually and fit between our ears. Well, it's All become, that it's become a habit because of the society that we yeah. live in. It's and a materialist culture and all that. I yeah, get that. and I sure. wouldn't even, you know, yes, it's ego, but I think most people wouldn't even go that deep. They're just like, I, I like to have stuff. So let me get yeah. more stuff. I, I think it's a, it can be as simple as that. Yeah. But on a very deep level, 
if you surround yourself, you know, you've seen the hoarder shows. Mm -hmm. If you surround yourself with a cocoon of possessions, be they physical, like one of those hoarders TV shows, or be they intellectual where I can't deal with reality, so I'm going to read another book that validates my current set of perceptions. It's the same kind of hoarding, Mm -hmm. really, just expressed differently. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. Meaningful moments, on the other hand, are those moments where you are broken wide open, where you are completely vulnerable. And that's a very big deal. I want you to think about how often at the beginning of a hero's story, there is an expression of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So they're an orphan and nobody understands them and they don't have any friends. Or Adam and Eve naked in the garden. Mm -hmm. Um, David in the David and Goliath story doesn't accept the armor. He's he's defenseless. Mm -hmm. He's pointless. No sword. You know what I mean? That's interesting. But the idea is at the beginning of every hero story, there's an expression of vulnerability. And this is a big deal because each and every one of us has moments that they uh, they grieve about or they're ashamed about or they just didn't get what they want. And you can look at that as a negative thing, but understand that in those moments that feel like regret moments, you might be at the beginning of your hero's journey. Mm-hmm. The hero's journey starts when they don't get well, what I they was, want. I was going to say the beginning of everything is when you are vulnerable, when you allow yourself to have those connections, mm-hmm. when you take off your armor, when you let the love in and, and in all of its various messiness. You know, <laughs> I mean, having a baby is horrifying when you really get down to it. No, really. If you take a biology class and and really listen, um they're very babies are basically parasites. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I mean, and I love my children, but but if you just are looking at the facts, if you're just looking at what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. um scientifically, it's it's I it's that. scary. That's going to be on the title of your children's book, <laughs> children's Jenny Randolph. Book, yeah. Babies, Babies are, basically are basically parasites. parasites. But, no. but no, but I'm I'm talking about the scientific. I remember, uh, you know, but 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 that is not your experience. Your experience of this quote unquote parasite is, oh, he has somebody somebody's nose, and look at his fingers, and look at his toes, and uh-huh. and you're not thinking about that they're literally sucking the life out of you every every Well, every I remember moment. when and I was in junior college. I started Do you know that a pregnant woman's gray matter in their brain actually reduces while they're pregnant. And I this has not been proven, don't quote me on this as I'm not an expert, but I think it's because we forget how horrible it is so that we have other babies. Nature makes you forget. Nature makes I, you forget. Yeah, I but love anyway. That. But no, when I was in junior college and some of you know I started school really early. I was in college when I was 13 years old. And so I was in this room full of people who I thought were a thousand years old. You know, you know that difference. And I was in a biology class and they were talking about the reproductive whatever, deeply embarrassing for a 13-year-old in a room full of college kids. But they were telling, you know, the teacher was talking about the changes that have to happen to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I saw these young adults turn ashen. You know, it was a horrifying idea. But that's an interesting lesson because if you look at the facts and figures of a lot of things. Right. You know, your car requires a series of explosions in order for you to drive down the street. That's, that's scary. That's weird, right? Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of things like that. And yet that's not the point. That's not right. the meaning, I should say. Exactly. You know? And so there's a, there's a deeper thing. And so, again, to go back to the idea, meaning is not about ownership. It's not quantifiable. 
quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. A meaningful moment, those moments when you're in the zone, when you are authentically you, when you're inspired, when you're moved by something. Those are the moments that you absolutely can't prove. The thing that I have said a million times, and I love saying it, so you're going to hear it a bunch if you're around me. The fact that you like your favorite song. You think about that. Think about how weird that is, really. If you were a computer or a robot, that would be a glitch. Mm -hmm. But it's important. And in fact, it's defining. The trick that we have is to start actively defining ourselves by these meaningful moments, moments of inspiration and pride and love and truth and beauty instead of facts and figures and data. That's key to the book. So the Trinity is find meaningful moments. Mm -hmm. Let them fill you. Experience that. And the question is, well, how do I know when I'm filled Right. And that's the third part of the Trinity. When you really feel something, you have to share it. Mm -hmm. So there's that Trinity. We talk about that same Trinity all the time. A bigger thing, an inward experience, an outward sharing. This is how the universe works. It's how you work. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about the idea that life gets better and by extension, the world gets better when we look for things bigger than ourselves, when we let them fill us and we share that with someone else. Mm -hmm. It's the old story. The book is about how to do that right. and what to look for. So, so that's really kind of the huge idea. Within that, the question is, okay, so I know what it's not. I know it's not something that you can buy and sell and trade. And... If you listened to the workshop that I did last week, I spent a lot of time talking about how you're not a credit score and you're not a zip code. And well, again, it's, it's, it, we yeah. talk about this a lot, the, the facts versus the truth about you and how you define yourself and, and how, how you see yourself. Yeah. And one of the things that, that I mentioned in the book is, you know, if you go to your childhood home and there's those marks on the wall for how tall you were at two and three and five and 15 and whatever. Not everybody has it, but most people do. You know what I'm talking about. That's not a recording of data. That's the story of you. Mm -hmm. It's part of the mythology of you in a very, very real way. The, the inches and feet, that's incidental. Yeah. What's important, what that story tells is you're loved at any height. Right. That's pretty cool. And so we want to be the kind of people who expand out from the data and into something, a, a, a deeper thing, a more meaningful thing, a transformational and, and transcendent kind of a quality. And so the question is, we know what it's not. So what is so it? So what is it? I was going to say, uh, you, you're talking about going to your childhood home. Um, we a couple of weeks ago, we drove by my grandparents' old home in Gulfport. Right. And, you know, it wasn't so much the building itself or the physical loca location that came up for me. family hasn't lived there for years. Yeah, it's not yeah, about they, that. Well, yeah, and they, they've owned homes all over the place. But, but that was where I was when I was forming, you know, the most memories as a child. That's the place that we would visit them. Mm -hmm. And... um you know, my grandfather was Air Force. And so every morning, you know, that flag went up on the flagpole and it came down and we learned how to fold that flag and we learned how to honor and not to touch the ground. And, you know, they had a dog. So we had chores picking up, you know, the poo on the side of the house. And those are the things that you remember. You remember sitting on his grass that he was so proud of. And, you know, you don't remember the 
you know, the address. In fact, I had to text my mom. I'm like, we're looking for his house. What was that? What was the physical address? So it is, it's, it's, it, that conjured up memories. So we're talking about what is this? If it's not, if it's not that, what is a it? house isn't the bricks yeah. and mortar it's the story it's the love it's that yeah it's the it's the memories you know, it's the old thing home is where the heart is so yeah. okay so where's the heart different different people experience this in different kind of ways but as i said think of the moments in the story of your life and if this is going to work at all you have to start thinking of your life as a story Think of yourself in the same way you think of the heroes you have in your favorite movies and books. You are the same in fundamental, profound ways as the hero of any story. You've just got to start seeing yourself as the hero of a story. This is important. It's pivotal, in fact. And you know what? You've got some things you're not proud of. You've got some areas where you got to grow. So does every hero. We're going to get over the idea that you're not entitled to be but heroic. But that's okay. That's, that's, you don't have to fact, be perfect. That's part you, of have, it. you have our right. permer- permission. <laughs> our permission. Permission. You have our permission not to be perfect. Yeah. So, with all of that in mind, the the way that we define meaning has to do with, as I said in the workshop, it has to do with connection, and it has to do with location. So when you think back at the moments that were meaningful and they can be big or small things, it can be the moment when I, I knew that I was called to ministry or I knew that I was in love or a doctor put a baby in my arms and I knew that my life had changed or I knew that I had to quit that job or I knew this relationship wasn't going to work. There's all kinds of those moments, those, those pivotal moments, mm-hmm. right? Those, the thing that they all have in common, because there's a lot they don't have in common, right? The thing that they have in common is a feeling of, this means me. That's connection. This is, I'm connected to this moment, right? Connection. Ideally, they also connect us to things outside of ourselves and bigger than ourselves. But meaning is defined by connection. This means me. And location. You are here. Just like the directory at the mall when we used to be able to go to the mm-hmm, mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, you are here. The little star. Yeah. You are here. So when you experience meaning, and you might have to go back and really think about it because it might not have occurred to you at the time. That's okay because there's a lot going on in those moments. But when you think back, you had a sense of connection and you had a sense of location or we could call it presence. Oh, presence, I'm really yeah. here, here in this moment. You know, when those things happen where you fall in love, where you're challenged, where you grow, you're not looking at your watch. You're not marking the data. Mm -hmm. There's something bigger that happens that connects you on a universal level and locates you. Mm -hmm. Your job is to find more of those moments. And the question comes up of, well, how do I do that? That seems like a lot. You know, it's meaningful to, to... stand up and protest something. It's meaningful to write the great American novel. It's meaningful to climb Mount Everest. It's meaningful to, how do I get to these big things? But you know what's funny about that? It wouldn't be meaningful to me to climb Mount Everest. I have no desire to do that. I know that there are people out there that that is their goal. I don't want to do that. So I think you have to also, at the same time that you're trying to figure out who you are, I think that you have to honor where you're at and who uh, you, well, you, you again the connection and the location if you don't feel a connection to something don't let society tell you that that's something 
that you must do. There are a lot of women out there that have no desire to have a child or be to be a mom. And I know some of my friends have gone through that and, and been like, well, when are you going to have a baby? And it's just, I guess not my requirement as a, as a female to have a baby. If you don't feel a connection to that, exactly, don't do it because only hurt can come from that. Right. So I just wanted to like, as you're naming these really big things off, I'm thinking, well, I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. But that's, but that's part of the point. (laughs) But again, connection and location. So you're not connected to that. Right. And that's a big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. When I say meaningful, when we think of these big momentous things, it's easy to think about other people's stories. Mm -hmm. And square one here is to start thinking, and this is what I said a moment ago too, start thinking about your own story as though it were a story. Mm -hmm. God put you here for a reason. And until you start honoring that reason, you're not going to be happy. So yes, there are these big, big things and everybody wants to do something big and maybe we're, we haven't been given permission in our lives so we don't know what it is. So we look at other things other that things other to people get, have It's done. just like I'm getting ideas. It's like but, that old joke about old people ask kids what they want to do when they grow up because they're, they're looking, looking for ideas. For ideas. Yeah, it's the that. same thing. Um, <laughs> I'm just, but, I just want to be something, yeah. you know, that desire, and that's the thing. I that think desire that, is there. I think that a lot of the midlife crisis paradigm has to do with chasing somebody else's meaningful mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. trying to satisfy that. So how do I get mine? The way that you do that is find little things. This is a baby steps kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Find little things that speak to that right now. There are things that you do when you lose track of time. There are things that you do when you don't care what other people think about it. And what I want you to know right now is that it's a little bit like, this is gonna sound a little funny, but it's a little bit like a phobia. It sounds weird, right? But they say that if you have a phobia, let's say you're afraid of heights. If you have a phobia, you are more likely to develop another phobia. So if you have a fear of heights, you are more likely to also be afraid of, let's say, open spaces or water or Dom DeLuise or whatever it is. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, know, I, get I mean, I get but, it. Those Cannonball Run movies. Yeah, come on. Come I on. only watch them for the outtakes at the end. <laughs> but anyway, the point is that, you know, the idea is that if you are predisposed, if you're wired to have phobias you're going to develop more of them and so it's what you practice right a lot of what a therapist will do or a professional in that area is to try to decode that try to get you to the place where your operating system so to speak isn't geared in that way right right that's the idea well this is like that because if you are the kind of person who is predisposed to experience meaning in small things this is the best chocolate chip cookie i've ever had right Start there. If you are the kind of person who is predisposed, who has wired themselves to look for meaningful moments instead of deflecting the compliment, Mm -hmm. instead of saying, oh, that's just a thing, instead of letting it pass you by, to be intentional about it, you will develop an aptitude for meaning. That's what happens when you have those moments that are, you are here and this means you, your job is to pay attention to them, the small ones especially, right? because this is a baby steps thing. And you will get to the point 
where you didn't even know what happened, but all of a sudden you are the one standing on the courthouse steps. You are the one making the speech. You are the one asking somebody to marry you or asking for the raise or doing the thing because you built that muscle Mm -hmm. and you will know what is yours to do versus what is somebody Somebody else's else's to do because you got in touch with something bigger than yourself Mm -hmm. and you weren't afraid to share it. Yeah. And now that's kind of the next point. I talked a little bit in the workshop and I talk a lot a bit about this in the book. And the idea is that a meaningful something, another way you can tell when something's meaningful is it increases when you share. Remember I talked about that last week? The example I gave last week was think about the way you make friends when you're little, when you're a kid. Yeah. There's no barriers. There's no boundaries on it. Adults put all kinds of weird restrictions. I can't be friends with you unless you vote well, like I exactly, do or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And, and whether you are, you know, dress appropriately or not, or have the same sensibilities or. If you don't listen you know, to Earth, Wind and Fire, we can't be friends or well, whatever it is. Now that yeah. one actually is true, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we train adults to have a big comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And to spend all of their time reinforcing that comfort zone with money and expectations and shelter and all of those things. A successful grown-up is someone who has a, a barrier around their comfort zone. They have a comfort bunker. Yeah. You know? And that's wrong. It's wrong. Comfort bunker sounds like it a... It sounds like a band. A band. But <laughs> anyway, appearing this week, comfort bunker. Com- yeah. But... It's that's, difficult to say, That's though. not can't the right way to do it because the thing is, you know, and this is an old thing. I've talked about it a lot. You can't learn from within your comfort zone. When right. you think about a child, they have no comfort zone, but they don't care. They can surf that. They can surf the idea of growing pains. Mm-hmm. That's really important. It doesn't matter if I know this. To a kid, everything's brand new and everything's magic and everything's special. Be like that. Right. So... That's really part of the idea. So back to it. If it's meaningful, it increases when you share it. And think of an example of something important. Love, you get more of when you share it. If you don't share it, you're going to experience less of it, right? Inspiration. You get more if you if you inspire other people, if you look for inspiration. If you don't listen to your inspiration, you're going to find less opportunities for it. Beauty, well, truth, I mean, just imagine, everything is like that. Just imagine cooking a huge Thanksgiving meal for your family, right? And then going, no, we can eat this. I ain't sharing it. It's weird. It, it's weird. It's right. a weird, it's a weird well, concept. And the thing you is, know, I put all of this hard work and love into everything, but don't you take a bite because we got to, we got to save this. Right. And so it's, we, that's, that's a, it's a funny thing, seek but people for, do it all the time. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom, look for something bigger and it's righteousness. Seek to use, use it, it right. Yeah. So think about, you know, you might even want to write this down, make a little chart of your life and of the things that are important to you, the things that you shoot for, the things on your to-do list, your five-year plan, whatever. And think about how many of them involve chasing something that increases when it's shared. Mm -hmm. Things like family and love and truth and beauty and skills that you learn even, you know, things like that. Think about how many things on your big plan have to do with things that increase when they're shared and think about how many things on your big plan, your goal, your your yardstick for measuring your success are things that wear out when shared, like mm-hmm. money, yeah, for example, or whatever it is. It, if you're chasing pounds off a scale, you know, come on, that yeah. can't be the whole truth about you. 
And well, you of- know, I, 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 whenever I'm trying to lose weight, I don't say I'm losing weight because I don't want to ever find it again. I say, <laughs> I'm, I say I'm releasing, releasing. weight. Well, so I'm not losing weight because the, the context is like some, you, you might pick it up in a dark corner someday. <laughs> oh, I found all that weight. I found all that weight um, that you, I have found some that you lost. The, well, and actually this is <laughs> one of the that's things, so stupid. one of the things <laughs> that I say in the book too is. You can't really watch your weight. Uh-uh. I mean, think about it. Really, people say oh, I got to watch my weight. What does that even mean? What does mean? that mean? Yeah, you're just yeah. gonna stare in the mirror. You can't watch your weight because your weight is a byproduct. There's nothing you can do about your weight. What you can watch is your diet is and your exercise. Diet what and, you can yeah. watch is how much you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. What you can watch is your overall health. Those kinds of things. You can't watch your weight. It's a byproduct. Right. In the same way, a lot of people spend a lot of time watching the byproduct, the bank balance, for example, or whatever it is. That can't tell you anything. anything. Because it's 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 reflective of what you've already done, mm-hmm. right? It's, so it's that, that's in the past. So if you're looking for that evidence, start changing your behavior now. And those results as the byproduct will be seen later. But if you're looking right now as the evidence, you're going to, the only thing you're going to have evidence of is what you did in the past. Right. And so and it's it's a it's it's hard to get your mind around that, but but when you start thinking of it that way. Well, and here's it why makes the, a difference. here's why that breeder reactor quality works. Mm-hmm. If I think about I want to get other people to like me versus if I think about I just want to love. Mm-hmm. Think of that difference and it seems subtle, right? But think about the huge impact. You know what it's like to be with somebody who's just really needy and yeah. just, you know, they put the lampshade on their head at the party metaphorically because they want everyone to like them and it's just embarrassing. The person on a first date who can't shut up, those kinds of moments. I'm just so desperate and so needy and I want you to laugh at my jokes. And everybody's like, felt oh. that way, but that's chasing the byproduct. Yeah. If my thing is, I just want to love. I'm going to be my authentic self. I'm just going to sit here and be vulnerable. I've got some joy in me mm-hmm. that I want to share with the world. That's the difference. And so once again, look at the chart of your goals and start to decide that, you know what, I'm going to prioritize things that increase when shared. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you will start to experience meaning in huge ways. One of the things that I said in the book that comes up is, and in fact, it came up because there was a lot of uh, snarky jokes in the uh, YouTube uh, comments about it. But I said, verbs over nouns. Mm-hmm. Remember I said that? And that might seem cryptic, but think about it. This is the next step in what we're talking about. The nouns of your life, the place you live, the amount of money in the bank account, the, the titles, outfit the, you're wearing, well, the titles the job of, title, the, the, yeah, yeah, that you carry yourself, whether that's mother, father, sister, brother, you know, child, daughter, son, mm-hmm. you know, whatever those labels are. Those, those nouns are not as definitive as you think. Mm-hmm. In other words, they can't actually tell you who you are. Go on a first date with someone. If your conversation is all about nouns, you actually aren't getting to know them. Right. You can know about them. Your nouns are about you, but they're not you. That's the thing to write down. Your nouns are about you. They're not Not you. you. Right. What's interesting and what's transformative, what's going to get you to the place where you fall in love with somebody, what's going to get you to the place where somebody can actually fall in love with you because they know you for a change instead of knowing about you. 
instead of sharing your nouns and instead of thinking about nouns, be the kind of person that talks about verbs. In other words, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. What do you do? If you win a million dollars in the lottery, I don't care what you're going to buy. What I want to know is what are you going to do? What are you going to learn? How are you going to feel about that? How are you going to set somebody free? This is the deal. Well, even out of the context of, you know, falling in love with somebody else, for me, you know, I, I, love Instagram. I I do follow some influencers that really do inspire me to to do certain things and be better. Um but then there you can tell the difference between somebody that is being their authentic self right. and telling the truth and somebody that's just trying to get you to click a like on their photo. Mm-hmm. And you can and it sounds so funny, but I bet everybody has had this experience whether through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever where you have just adored something that somebody has done, but then somebody else will try to do almost the exact same thing. And you're like, Ooh, I don't know. I can't yeah. do it. And the feeling and the, the intention comes through even digitally. Yeah. You know, even, so even imagine, over, imagine being in the same room right. in the same life. And so, so, so you don't want to be can, that but guy, you, can, you know? but you can tell. Yeah. And so if you can tell, that means other people can tell. So don't do that. Right. And this goes back to the thing that I said last week. And that is don't ask God to change your nouns, ask God to change your verbs. verbs. And that's a big deal because I think so often when we pray, we say, God, can you give me different nouns? I want a new car. I want a new job. I want a new relationship. I want a new this and that and the other. And the thing I want you to remember is that King Solomon in the Bible, generally regarded as a smart cookie, Mm -hmm. um, generally regarded as the richest dude in the Bible, Mm -hmm. you know, He didn't pray for more wealth. Yeah. God basically appears to oversimplify the story. God is like rubbing the genie's lamp and God shows up. He's like, whatever you want. What do you want? What do you want? The story's a little, there's a little more to it, but that's the essence Mm -hmm. of the story. And instead of saying, first of all, think about what you would say. If you're a noun person, you know the kind of things you'd say. But think about what you would say. And your answer to that question can tell you a lot about what you're going to have to work on Mm -hmm. next, right? This is a big deal. What would you say if God said, here you go? Because you know what? In a very real way, God is saying that to you. Right, all the time. The trick is to know how to answer that question. But anyway, so Solomon doesn't say, okay, I want a credit card and I want a new outfit and I want, you know, the blank check. Yeah, and all that stuff. Instead... Solomon says, grant in me an An understanding understanding heart. heart. In other words, not an intellectual thing, right? He didn't say, I want to have you between my ears. He said, an understanding heart. I want to feel this. That's a verb. But the verb creates the noun in a way because God says, you've asked for the right thing. You get to go on to final jeopardy. All (laughs) these things will be added to you as well. In a way, the, the, the verb creates the noun so to speak i mean that's not grammatically correct but but in terms of the way life works this is how it goes so ask yourself when you talk to people when you're looking for things are you looking for nouns you're looking for verbs feelings and actions are profoundly important much more important than whether or not you have a private jet and if we're going to get the miracle 
We're going to stop trying to manifest the new car mm -hmm. and we're going to start trying to manifest a bigger idea of how God works in our lives. That's the secret to this. People spend so much time trying to make something happen. And the thing is, the universe is already happening. Well, like we've said several times, the universe is constantly expanding yeah. and you are part of that universe. That's right. You know, so even physical science is like, yep, getting bigger all the time, adding more stuff all the time. So that it really is just a byproduct. It's not magic and it's not something, something mystical. I mean, you, I guess you can focus on that, but you're missing the point. It's not secret. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and talking about the physical science part of it. I wanted to talk a little bit about the thing that I mentioned in last week's workshop and one of the things that I think is really, really important. And there was a piece of it that I just didn't have an opportunity to talk about because it just didn't fit and in with my presentation. And I know what you're going to say. And this is a really, really good part in the book. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the book talking about this and I just, it wasn't the right, you know, I had to go a different place mm -hmm. with the presentation. But that's why we do these yeah. follow-up ones is because it is a month-long idea yeah and we explored the different facets of that so and go ahead I'm, so, i interrupted you yeah, but i'm no, excited about what it. you're what so, you're gonna say one of the things that i said in the presentation and again i really spent some time on in the book is the idea of fire remember when i talked about that the idea fire that, is an event yeah it's an event not a thing remember right. fire requires wood and it requires some kind of fuel and it requires oxygen and it requires heat and it doesn't require those in sequence. It's not like I got some wood and then I put the wood away. Yep. I got some heat and then I don't okay. care about the heat. I, you know, it doesn't work that yeah. way. It all has to happen at once. It's not a thing. It's an event. Fire is a confluence, a convergence, mm -hmm. an event. And so in a very real way, another way to tell if something is meaningful is, is it not something that requires sequence? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a, a this, then this, then this. It should be a right now Kind yeah, you of can't. A thing. You, you shouldn't That's be able you know. to bullet point it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and once again, this is a deep thing to think about because so many people spend so much time going, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, mm -hmm. and then I'll be happy. Right. You know, or whatever. And you're never going to be happy because that you that's been you all along isn't getting the fuel or the heat or the oxygen that you need. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to have a little bit of breathing room in this campfire, we're going to have to understand ourselves not as a noun, but as an event. And, and the quote, I, 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 I hate quoting myself, but I'm so proud of this. You're going to have to get used to it. I know. You really yeah, are because, because it's brilliant stuff. You're less like a rock and more like a rock, rock concert. concert. I'm very proud of that phrase. I think it's great. I'm not exactly Oscar Wilde, but I love that. And the, the point of that is start thinking of yourself as a happening mm -hmm. instead of a collection of, uh, you know, cholesterol and carbohydrates and whatever else. There's more to you. And here's the part that I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time on in the, in the presentation last week. Specifically, you are thoughts and you are feelings and you are actions. Those are the verbs of you, right? Yeah, that's the fire of you. Yeah, that's it. The, yeah. the fuel and the air and the and the mm -hmm. heat of you are your thoughts and your words and your actions. This is a big deal because if you want a meaningful moment, it's a moment where those three things are present, and that's a big deal because there's a lot of like self help systems that are like, well, doesn't matter how you feel about it. The right. thing you got to do is really knuckle down and just plow ahead. 
or they leave a component out, yeah. right? It's, to, it's either an times, intellectual way yeah. to figure stuff out. It's either a feeling way to. How many times uh, have you gone to a church and they say, "Don't ask questions"? Right. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Just don't feel, don't use your head. Exactly. You know, just do just what I say. Do what I say, feel, you know. and and feel this way, and and or the third one is. Just do these, just do these simple steps. Be action oriented. Don't think about it. Don't feel about it. Just bulldoze your yeah. way through it. And again, it's that, it's the, it's that triangle, right? right? And I don't want to, I don't want to go too dark here, but let me say real quick on the, on the scary side of this. If you want to control somebody, mm-hmm. all you got to do is trick them into denying one of those one three of those things. things. Think about the way that a cult operates. Don't use your head. Mm-mm. Just do these things. Yeah. Or don't do anything about this, but let's all go to the mountaintop and just feel things together. Great. But you know what? The house is burning mm-hmm. down. That's a way to control somebody in a relationship. Ignore the fact that you feel like this isn't the right thing to do. Yeah, something's not right. Oh, don't, that's do just anyway. you. That's just you being crazy. If don't you even worry about it. control somebody. Yeah. And you can control somebody if you can keep them from being authentically who they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the moments when you have felt controlled it's when you didn't feel like yourself those things fit together like a lego so you want to be yourself you want to figure out how meaning works involve your thoughts and your feelings and your actions bring all three things to bear and you'll find that you showed up in the moment the event of you can happen the concert starts right and it has to happen all at the same time It's a right now thing. And mm-hmm. once again, this takes us all the way back to the beginning. Connection and location. It's a right now thing. There is no time in God. Mm-hmm. There is no time in moments of meaning. And you experience that in small ways. When you're doing something meaningful, you forget that it's dinner time, for example. When you fall in love, you're not looking at your watch. But in in a grand universal way, that's a defining characteristic. There is always and only right now mm-hmm. when something is meaningful. So think about the times when you lose time and you don't care. Think about the times when the outcome, the byproduct, the weight, let's say, the money, the payoff doesn't matter and you're just in it. That is connection and location. Think about the times when you realize that I am really here and this is really me. Like I said, I don't think that we adults give ourselves a lot of permission to experience those things, Mm -hmm. but they are there and they are you. So the more you predispose yourself to find those things, you're going to develop your operating system, your wiring to find more moments of meaning and you are on your way to building a meaningful life. And so with, with that in mind... I want to remind you to please send in your questions and your comments. Keep them coming. We've got some more to talk about in the coming weeks and all of that. But but let us know how it goes. I also want to remind you to like and share and subscribe the video and all of that. It means a whole lot. It's how we get the word out. Order your book. I know he's not going to say it, but order the book. You can pre-order it through Amazon. Go to his website. It's all there. You'll figure it out. I trust you. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. All right. Well, that being said, let's take our opportunity to give. God God is is my source, my my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. 
I give and I live with radical joy. And so it is. Amen. Amen. And I just want to remind you that you can donate and support the church by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. There is a link in the uh, in the comment section of this video. And if you click on it, it'll take you to a new window. You won't lose what we're talking about. So that's an important thing to remember as well. But more than anything, what I want you to remember is that you are the hero of this story. It might be that your story is just getting started. You know, it might be like the hero at the beginning of, of any grand tale. You're starting from a place of vulnerability, a place that feels like weakness, but that weakness is going to become strength for you because what you're getting rid of is the things that you don't need for this journey anyway. Yeah. And what a journey it is. The thing I want you to know right now is that you don't walk it alone because around here we pray as a family. Let's say our dedication prayer together. God, I'm ready for change. My heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. Amen. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.